It seems to me that one of the most important things we can do right now as couples is learn about trauma healing because this is something that is very real in so many of our lives. And if we don't learn about it in our intimate relationships, what's going to happen is we are going to get triggered, we're going to get into arguments, we're going to go into separation when actually we could be supporting each other through trauma and back into love. And that's what I want to share with you here. Hi, this is Shashi from the Tantra Made Easy podcast. And today I really want to share a topic that is a passion of mine. Um, from my experience working in Tantra, it just seems to be so important a topic for us to face. And that is the topic of trauma. Now, not only do I want to look at trauma, but I'm particularly wanting to look at something in particular, which is how can a couple together work through trauma. So often one person in a couple has some kind of a trauma and that may start to come out in intimacy. So how can a couple support each other? It may even be that both people have some kind of trauma, which is of course needs double care. Um, either way, our couple relationship could actually be one of the very best places for us to get healing. However, it can also be one of the places where we do the most triggering and, and, and hit into those most raw and vulnerable places. So what we need is a deeper understanding of how to navigate through the realm of trauma together as a couple. Now, I just want to say, I'm not, um, I'm not sort of promoting that you don't need a professional or specialist help. You can do it all alone. That's, that's not the point I'm making. Um, professional help is fantastic. It's really wonderful. This isn't about instead of a professional, just, just use your boyfriend or just use your girlfriend. It's more that even if you go to a professional for trauma healing and use other resources, you're still going to benefit from knowing how to tackle this together as a couple it's going to be tremendously helpful so that's what i want to share and if you want more resources from me i have a whole online course which is called from trauma to tantra uh, which goes in depth into uh, the different aspects of trauma and different methods and practices and meditations that you can use so that's also a resource for you anyway let's begin to have a little look into this topic and get a deeper understanding of it First of all, let's define trauma because we tend to all use the word and we don't necessarily think about what it is. In fact, most people think of a trauma as, as an event. So we think of that earthquake as a trauma or that abuse um, as a trauma. But actually, it's not just about the event. It's actually about our nervous system's capacity to actually process an event. And so therefore, an, uh, let's say um, an earthquake, for example, it might traumatize one person, but not another. And that's because the earthquake isn't actually a trauma. It's just a, an event. But for one person's nervous system, it was completely overwhelming. And so they experienced a trauma. For someone else's nervous system, it was nothing. Okay, so this is really important to understand. It's actually about our nervous system's capacity to digest an event that happens to us. And what's important to know is that when we're, when we're young, our nervous system is very, very vulnerable. So if 
things happen to you when you are a child, then they can really register as trauma sometimes for a very long time. Also when you're very old, when you're frail, basically whenever you're weak. So being very young, being very old, um, also if you're recovering from sickness or, or you're pregnant, also a time when your nervous system is more delicate, um, or if you're just a kind of more delicate constitutional person. So this is worth understanding that trauma is, is like an interrelationship between an event and our capacity to handle it. And this understanding is really important. It, it, it helps us to really grasp what trauma is about, to see how much it's a nervous system issue. And it also helps us to move out of blame. So it's not the fault of um, the earthquake or, of course, not great if someone violates you. But it, it, it's very much about our, our, the interaction between our nervous system and the situation that happened. And interestingly, some things in life could either really crack us open or completely traumatize us. So thinking of things like, I don't know, doing parachute jump or roller coasters or these kind of exciting things. If your nervous system can handle it, if you feel safe enough, then you can really be blasted open. But if your nervous system can't handle it, then it will leave you feeling shaken and traumatized. So this is all a sort of baseline understanding of what trauma is, and it's really helpful to understand that. Um, especially if it's your partner that has trauma and not you, it's, it's really good to have understanding so that you can develop a genuine compassion for your partner and a deeper understanding of what they're going through. Okay, because sometimes um, if you don't understand that and your partner feels traumatized by something that you also experienced, you might say, don't be so stupid. What are, you, what are you talking about? It was nothing. And and invalidate their experience. But it might have been genuinely traumatizing for them, right? So we can never really dismiss someone else's experience. We need to understand it. And once we have this understanding, we can begin to see what we can do about it. How do we build resilience? How do we increase our capacity to handle events that happen in life? Because if, of course events happen, it, this is life. So this is our baseline understanding. So when we come into relationship, when we come into intimacy, of course we're drawn to feeling good, feeling safe, feeling loved, um, feeling turned on, all of these good feelings, feeling in love. Um, and those are all wonderful. And something else that happens in intimacy is that as we open up and expose more deep parts of ourselves, we can also hit upon places that have been hidden away and protected for a long time. Um, kind of like little landmines hidden, hidden away that can't be seen and get triggered and get into, um, yeah, well, we all know what feeling triggered is like. <laughs> and you may have noticed that you're most likely to be triggered by the people who you're closest to in your life. That um, as, as we become more intimate, we also become more vulnerable. So those two things can go together. So past trauma can really affect the way in which we relate now, even if you had a trauma ages ago, even if you don't remember that trauma. So how do you know if you have a trauma if you don't remember it well? If you get very easily triggered and you, your whole system closes up and you find yourself shutting down and you get angry with somebody else or you just want to run away, this is a sign that there's past trauma regulating you. So getting triggered a lot, getting triggered very easily is a sign there's trauma there. Another sign is, is shutting down, freezing, like just especially when there's stimulation. So there are certain things that we can see a lot more in sexual intimacy that will appear there, shall we say. So in sexual intimacy, we have arousal of sexual energy and our body opens up. 
And if we had, especially if we had any kind of sexual trauma, that is going to be pleasurable up to a point, and then it's going to suddenly become traumatic. And we don't always understand what that looks like in our body or in our partner's body. So I really want to go deep into this, not only so you can recognize if you have trauma in yourself, but so you can get a deeper understanding of your partner. Because this one response is, to, is called the freeze response. And we tend to go into this if we were overwhelmed by someone more powerful than us. So for example, a lot of sexual abuse um, or violation of power is like this. There's this really powerful force coming, particularly when we're children, and we just freeze. It's like an automatic way of like play dead and hope they go away. And unfortunately, then our body gets used to that freeze response. It makes sense. It's like got a biological purpose, but um, of course, it stops us from being able to stay present and be truly intimate with someone. Now, this one is really tricky when it comes to sexual intimacy. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of partners mistake this for surrender. Okay, and it's particularly common when women have freeze response, which is more likely because more women are sexually violated. And then the man is making love to her and thinking everything's going well, and she suddenly freezes. She goes really quiet, she can't even speak. And he thinks she's in total surrender to me. He mistakes her frozenness for surrender. Big mistake. Because if you continue to make love when someone is in freeze response, it actually starts kind of re-traumatizing them and they're unable to say anything about it. And it feels really unsafe. And they're likely to go to the second thing, which I'll talk about in a minute. I want to just talk a little bit more about freeze response. How do you know when your partner's in freeze response? So it's a good term for it, freeze response, like frozen in fear. When we surrender, we're actually kind of quite active. We're just, we're still very much here. We move, we go, and you can feel a presence. When we freeze, it's more like we're playing dead and we become more rigid and there's a look of fear in the eyes and sometimes a coldness, cold, literally frozen, a coldness in the eyes. So you need to keep your eyes open, keep the lights on, stay super present with your partner. And if your partner freezes, don't carry on making love. Don't pull away either. Just pause and say their name and place a hand somewhere on them that's absolutely steady and say, I feel you and you're safe and I'm with you. So you just make it safe for them until they come back and can maybe speak to you and you know, like unfreeze. Okay, so you just make it really, really safe for them. You stay very present. You don't pull away, but you don't keep going. You just stay with them. Place a hand somewhere in the body, maybe on the heart, maybe on the cheek, and you say, beloved, I'm here. I feel you. You're okay. I'm with you. You're safe. And wait until they thaw out. I can speak to you again. Okay, so this is the freeze response. And I wish they would teach this in school so that we could stop continuing this um, trauma. It, of course, it's not the fault of the, the new boyfriend, but it continues and perpetuates cycles in the nervous system and in the body. And that woman may afterwards feel as if she was raped by that man the second time round because she was frozen. 
And he just thought she was surrendered. And then she made the next day to say, you violated me. And he gets very confused, but you, you were totally surrendered. It can create a lot of confusion. And so nobody's right or wrong here. It's, it's just that we need a better education. We need to be a lot more aware and have a deeper understanding of what this freeze response is and to know what to do when it happens. So that's the first thing. Time for a sip of tea. Mm. So the second thing is called dissociation. And dissociation is another response that we have to trauma. And it, it literally means to kind of pull up out of your body, like your consciousness comes out of your body, you dissociate from the body. And again, it kind of makes sense. If your body's being hurt or violated or abused, it's really unpleasant to be in your body. So your consciousness has a way of lifting out. Some people even experience going right out of their body and can look down themselves in a room. It's like their consciousness up on the ceiling and they can see their body down below. But dissociation can also be just kind of pulling up a little bit up to here. And if people had a, an experience of dissociation some, in some trauma, that can also carry on into sexual intimacy. So signs of dissociation are things like eyes rolling to the back of the head and just feeling like your partner's suddenly absent. Okay, so freezing is like they're there, but they're, they're like a rabbit frozen in the headlights. Dissociation is more like they're just like, they're just like gone. Suddenly you feel like they've left the room. And, and they have. And this is important to be tuned into. And I tell you where this one's mistaken. If, if the freeze response is mistaken for surrender, well, dissociation is often mistaken for a spiritual experience because we tend to think when the eyes roll in the back of the head, we think, oh, you know, they're having a spiritual experience. They're in an altered state. This is wonderful. They're just having some tantric sexual experience when actually they're in a trauma response. So it is important that we can understand what this is and what it looks like. So if you're making love with someone, or you can feel this for yourself, you're making love and you suddenly feel like disappearing out of your body, like rolling away. If this happens to you, try to pull yourself back by feeling the physical sensations in your body, noticing what is there for you, like what sensations are you feeling? And if it happens to your partner, the same thing. If you see them kind of pulling away, you can just kind of pause rather than keep going. Don't pull away because it can make someone feel really abandoned. Just pause. Just go into stillness. Maybe whisper their name. And maybe ask, what do you feel in your body? Because it's the sensations in the body that pull consciousness back into the body. We want to have embodied intimacy. We want to have embodied lovemaking. This is actually the real tantra, not kind of rolling our eyes and feeling like we go off to some other planet, but actually being so deeply embodied that we discover the ecstasy of consciousness merging into our flesh, into our body. So this trauma response um, can really get in the way of that. And dissociation is, is particularly dangerous to keep allowing because when our consciousness is not rooted in our body, our body is very vulnerable to um, like psychic attack or entities. Um, and if you're safe, if you're at home and you're in your bed and you're with someone you love, well, that's all fine. But Many times people who are traumatized are also drawn to go and have sexual experiences in public spaces and clubs and swingers clubs or whatever, these kind of places. And if you're dissociated in those kind of spaces, 
then unfortunately it's like there's nobody home, there's nobody in your temple and other energies can get in more easily and then you end up carrying other people's energy or other you know, entities, whatever you want to call it, um, which, which is not great for your health and vitality. That's not what we want at all. So it's super important to remember that your body is your temple and you are the guardian of your temple. You and your consciousness is the only guardian of this temple of your body. And so you need to stay home. You need to stay present. You need to stay in it. And that's where the, the secret of ecstasy and love and amazing experiences actually lies is to feel, is to be fully embodied so it's really worth understanding dissociation and how it all happens and, and what goes on there um, so that you can you know watch out for it in yourself and also in your partner so there are also more maybe obvious signs of trauma such as panic attacks and fear and triggering so these ones are probably more easy to spot, of course, is like you're having some intimacy and suddenly hyperventilation's happening or there's a fear or a panic attack happening and just getting hyper aroused or panicky or triggered or shut down. So these things are easier to see, but we still need to know what to do when they happen. And so that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about. How can we navigate through all of this territory together as a couple? It may, of course, be tempting to just give up, but there can be nothing more beautiful than actually nurturing each other to feel fully safe in our bodies and to do that healing journey together. I and mean, if you've fallen in love with each other, there's no doubt a healing that you can offer to each other that can be really rewarding. And in fact, once we do this healing together, we can actually move from a place of triggering to a place of deep trust. And building trust is so, so important in a relationship. So. I, on, the, on that subject of trust, I want to share my own story a little bit. Um, so I, um, I studied trauma for many years, but I didn't have so much understanding of it because I hadn't had a really major one, of course. Everyone's had traumas. I you know, knocked my head open a few times or whatever. But I was studying it, and I remember saying to the universe, I need to really understand trauma. Like, I need to find a good teacher. And you've got to be very careful what you ask the universe because, you know, the universe goes, okay, you want to learn about trauma? Here you go. And so just a few months after I made that request, my hotel room got broken into. Um, and I was actually naked on top of my bed at the time. Uh, I was, I actually was sick. I had a fever and my body was very hot. So I was lying on top of the covers sweating and not feeling very well and suddenly my door got smashed down and broken into my things just smashed up i was i i went into freeze response like oh, frozen on my bed naked and exposed while things just got smashed up around me and luckily i wasn't touched but it still was incredibly traumatic things smashed into pieces and wardrobe tipped over and things all smashed and rah. So this was a major trauma, probably the biggest one I've had in my life. It was extremely shocking. And I began to understand what trauma really feels like. I remember the next day I was just at a restaurant um, and the waiter was coming and, I, and I, I, I just swear that I saw him coming towards me with a knife. And, I, <gasps> and then I look and he's just got 
the tray with the glasses and the drinks on. So I was hallucinating danger coming at me because my nervous system felt so deeply unsafe. So this was fascinating for me because I'd studied trauma and it gave me a lot of understanding because sometimes when people are projecting or hallucinating from the, in their trauma response, I think, don't be so stupid, it's safe. What are you seeing? It's just a way to, you know, I would, I would think that for someone else, like, well, you're so overreacting. And then I experienced it myself and I realized, wow, this is really what it's like. It, you really do see danger and it really does look like it's a dangerous universe. So I studied psychology originally at, at Oxford. I knew that the occipital lobe, the vision center of the brain gets affected by trauma. So, you know, all the theories were showing themselves to me. And so I started to do trauma healing methods. Um, some of the things that are on my online course, I started to do those and, and, and get things better. And then a few weeks later, I was reunited with my own partner. And he's a very masculine man, part of why I was attracted to him. But because this very, you know, macho man had broken into my room, I was getting triggered by the presence of my own partner, by his mere presence. Like he could walk into the room and <gasps> I'd get triggered. And I could not see that it was even the trauma. I, in that moment, I couldn't see the difference between what was real and what was coming from the past. I would just literally see him as a dangerous for whatever reason, I would find some way to blame him that something he's doing wrong. You know, I, I just, I just was utterly convinced that he was harmful in some way. But in my more lucid moments, I would realize, my God, how can this man be unsafe? Like I've been with him for months. I felt really safe with him. And then we were apart and my room got broken into and now we're together and I see him as unsafe. So, haha, maybe this is the trauma. Maybe this is the effect of trauma that it is literally shifting my perception that I can, can't see him anymore. I can't see him. I'm, I'm projecting the, the trauma onto my own beloved. And if I hadn't seen that, it probably would have been the end of my relationship because I was convinced in the moments that I was triggered that he was the enemy. I was utterly convinced. It's like, it's like a nervous system thing. It's not like, it's not, it, it just feels so real. So lucky I had another part of my brain that knew how trauma works and could go, ah, this is, this is what's happening. And so I got my partner on board with me. I said, hey, beloved, I'm going through trauma, I realize, and I realize I'm getting triggered by you. And I'm sorry about that, but it's like, it's happening. And can, can you help me through it? Are you able to help me through it? Because I don't think I'm, it's just going to disappear. I think I'm going to keep getting triggered. And my beloved, he's a, he's a kind of hero person. And he said, of course, tell me, what do I need to do? Because of course he didn't want me going into projection and being triggered and pushing him away and making him wrong and shouting at him and all these things that, that my system was trying to do to get, get him away. So I said, all right, my room got violated. My boundaries were violated by the masculine force. And now when you come towards me, I feel unsafe. So I want to try this out. I want to push you away physically because I knew from my trauma training that this is really healing. If your boundaries got violated and your personal space got violated, to be able to push someone's hands and push them away and go, no, or get out of my space or just, just 
push them away, it can start to heal that past trauma. So I explained this to him. I said, look, this is what's happening. So he can really understand. And, and it feels like it's you. And now that I'm lucid, I know it's not. But at the time, I really can't tell. It just feels like you are the enemy. And I feel like you're invading me, even though you're just walking across the room to me. So what I need to do when I get triggered is be able to push you away from me. And he said, fine, great. If, that, if that's what it takes, let's try that. You know, whatever's going to help heal this and build trust. And so we did. It wasn't too long until I got triggered again. And we went into our trigger drill, as we call it. We, we had like, right, let's do this and this. And so I'd get triggered and he'd offer his hands up and I'd see them and I'd put my hands and I'd be, ah, no, and just push, 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 looking in his eyes like, ah. And then I'd push two or three times and then suddenly I'd burst into tears, like my vulnerability would come out. And at the moment I burst into tears, I could really receive him holding me. So at that point he put his arms around me and I just cry and cry into his chest. Wow, this just felt amazing. It felt so good. It was like I was re-establishing my boundaries again after that violation. And so we continued to do this. And very, very quickly, we began to see incredible results of healing happening. We began to see such an immense shift. I was getting triggered much less. And when I did get triggered, it was not as dramatic. And, and the, the pushing, the resolving would be quicker and quicker until I had really rebuilt trust because not only did I not get triggered by him anymore, but I also began to trust him more deeply than I think I've ever trusted the masculine or a man in my whole life because he was a strong man who would come towards me with masculine energy, but would really support me to feel safe again. So it was incredible for our relationship. It built so much trust and it made me realize this is something that couples need to learn to do because it's all very good and well working with a therapist for an hour every week in the office, but it's in your relationship that you're likely to get the triggers coming up and you need to know what's the best way through this together that we don't just keep acting out the trauma and I make you the enemy and we shout at each other and we, we don't understand each other and you know, it, it feels unsafe for both of us. We can really mess up our relationships with unresolved trauma. So we need to know how to resolve it, how to heal it, how to work through it. And if we do it together, we're going to build rock solid relationships that are just absolutely amazing, safe spaces to be in. So now you can hear why I'm so passionate about sharing this particular topic, because it has been so important in my own relationship and in my own life. And of course, because I work with especially women in sexual healing, I have also worked with many, many women who've been through sometimes horrific uh, violations and abuses and working with them to heal their trauma. So let me just make a little summary so that you, you can uh, figure how to put this into your own life, into your own relationship, um, or if you're not in a relationship, but you, you're recovering from trauma, knowing what you need um, to do with somebody to work through it. So first of all, um, we need to understand what triggering is. Triggering is not someone else's fault. Triggering is our nervous system getting triggered into an old trauma response. So we need to own our trigger, not project it. It's really helpful if when you get triggered, you can say, I'm noticed, I'm really triggered right now, instead of, you just really triggered me. 
or even skipping beyond that into like you, blah, 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 whatever, just going straight into projection. So learn to own your triggering. You don't need to suppress it. You don't need to judge it, but just hold it. And I notice I'm really triggered right now. What this is going to do is help you to own it for a start, but it also is going to make it safe for your partner to work through your trauma with you. If you have unresolved trauma and you completely get triggered and start launching attack at your partner over and over again, after a while, they're probably going to leave you because it, you are basically passing on the trauma. Either you're going to turn them into a trauma victim and you start becoming the abuser, which is really, really sad, or they're going to leave you because they're feeling traumatized, which is also really, really sad. So we have to learn to stop pushing our traumas out onto other people. We all know that phrase, traumatized people, traumatized people, right? We all know that, that, that it gets passed on and gets passed on very unconsciously because of the way it works in the nervous system, we're utterly convinced that the other person is wrong and we just fire at them. But let me tell you this, if you get charged, if you get really charged up, then you are in trigger, you are not in truth. Don't let your triggers become your truth. Don't let your triggers become your truth. That's like one of my catchphrases. Very, very important. Don't let them become your truth. Truth is peace. Every great enlightened master in the world always told us that. Truth is love. Truth is peace. That is the truth. And, and uh, when we get charged and we're absolutely convinced that we're right, it's polarized. There's a right and a wrong. There's a them and an us. And it's a trigger, not a truth. It's valid though. I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm not denying it because it doesn't help if your partner gets triggered or you get triggered and, it, you know, and you go, oh, it's just a trigger, it's not real. That doesn't help at all. It's incredibly valid because your inner child feels unsafe and that really matters. But the projections that come out of you when you're triggered are not the truth. They are a distortion of the truth. They are the past projecting itself onto the future, onto the now, and creating a distortion of reality. And that just happens, happens in the nervous system. It's super important to know this is a nervous system issue because if you try to be logical, say your partner gets triggered and they're shouting at you and you go, well, you're just getting triggered and it's not really real and blah, blah, blah. It's just really annoying. It's not gonna help. It's not gonna untrigger them. The only thing that's gonna untrigger them is asking yourself the question, what can I do to help them feel safe right now? If your partner gets triggered, just know they feel unsafe. Maybe it's obvious to you why, and maybe it's not. Maybe you can feel for yourself what would make them feel safe and, and just immediately do that or say something to make them feel safe. And if you have no clue and someone's triggered and shouting at you, just say to them, beloved, what do you need to feel safe right now? This is the important way to respond to being triggered, either yours or someone else's. Safety, safety, safety. Okay, because we feel very unsafe and triggering is just a kind of natural response to that feeling of unsafe. We need to get rid of the danger. And so even if it doesn't look dangerous to you and your partner's getting triggered, know that they need to feel safe right now. Okay, so it's not about deciding who's right and who's wrong, if it's real, if it's not. It's about understanding what's happening and supporting each other through, knowing, okay, the inner child is triggered right now. It's probably from sometime 20 years ago that I had nothing to do with but I love this being and I want them to feel safe. So I'm going to speak to their six-year-old right now. I'm going to help their six-year-old feel safe and in that way help them heal who they are now. 
So this is really very much about the inner child work. And when we start healing all those parts of the child that were violated and felt unsafe, all the parts in the past, once they're healed, then they simply mature and catch up with us and we start to become whole, authentic people. So it's a beautiful thing to do in a relationship with each other to help each other heal all those inner child places. And so triggering kind of shows us where those places are. <laughs> and then we need to know how to respond to them. So that's how it all kind of fits together. Um, so uh, what else did oh, my other little take home was design a trigger drill together. So in a lucid moment, so don't do this when you're charged, but when you're both very calm, very lucid, sit down together, share with each other. This is what triggers me. I notice this feels unsafe. Um, and this is how I look when I get triggered. These are the kind of things I say, like have a really lucid conversation, not about the other. This is what you do when you're triggered, but about yourself. Okay. I, so you might say, I notice I get really, really triggered when you don't call me, da, 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 whatever it might be. And where that's coming from is I feel really unsafe with this and this and this. And when I get triggered, I respond like that. So for example, my thing would be, I get triggered when you just come straight at me with your masculine energy. It triggers something in my nervous system. And in my case, I know what it's from. It's from that time my room was broken into. And what happens in me is I get super angry with you and I feel like you're the enemy. And I just want to shout at you and scream at you and do anything I can to get you away. And so that's what's happening. Okay, so be as lucid as you can with each other about how you get triggered, what triggers you and what, it, what comes across. It's not about blaming the other. Be very careful with your words. You don't want to say, you walk towards me in the wrong way and it triggers me. It's like when you innocently walk towards me, <laughs> I get triggered. Or when you innocently don't call me, I get triggered. It's like, it's my thing. Um, so be careful not to make each other wrong. And then ask each other for help. Beloved, could you, would you be willing to help me rebuild my trust? What I need is. And this you have to work out. Like I worked out I needed to push away. Maybe you need them to step back. Maybe you need them to make a particular agreement with you. Maybe you need them to stop shouting and lower their voice. You have to work out what you need. And the question is, what do you need to feel safe? That's the question you need to check in with yourself. What do you need to feel safe? And tell your partner, ahead of time this i think would help me feel safe and then you do it both ways so you've got a kind of trigger drill ready so that at that time that charge happens the trigger happens you already know ahead of time and you've made an agreement and you're like willing to help each other through it this is one of the most incredible things you can do as a couple it helps you as i said heal the past and it helps you build trust and it really is also a profound spiritual tool because when we stop projecting our past traumas onto this present moment, we can finally heal our perception of the now and see the love that is. When we see the world as a scary, dangerous place, when we see other people as enemies, we are not living in the truth and we have healing we need to do when we can finally see a beneficent universe that is made of love, then we know we have healed ourselves and our perception is back in the perception of truth. So there is a profound spiritual practice to this as well. 
So those are some tips for you working together as a couple. And just, of course, my great support to say, this is an amazing thing to do together. I definitely know that feeling empowered really, really helps. That's why I put together a course with deeper um, resources in it, with practices and meditations. And I always say to people, if you do this and you're in a relationship, do it together with your partner so you can talk about things together and discuss it and, and heal this together in a relationship. So I really want to encourage you to embrace this um, together as a potential for going much deeper and healing a lot of things together. So I hope that's been helpful for you and inspired you to turn around your ideas of what triggering is and instead of feeling like you were messed up from the past and now everything's messed up to to know how how potentially it can all be healed and resolved and actually take you so much deeper into love and into building trust which is one of the most incredible qualities that we can build in our relationships so i wish you a lot of blessings on your healing journeys